Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. I crossed up by Kobe, roll float in Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is his availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I'm Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio, and we are here. It is Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. We got the Rams, who are the, they're not going to be the home team of the Super Bowl, but they are pretty much hosting the Super Bowl because it's, it's in LA. And then you got the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot of us expected the Rams to get here, especially with some of the moves they made. Uh, and the, it started last offseason going out and trading for Matthew Stafford. And then, then during the year, they go out and trade for Von Miller, they go, Miller, they go out and trade for OBJ. A lot of people expected the Rams to get here, but no one expected the Bengals to get here. And obviously the biggest reason why the Bengals are here is because of the play of their quarterback, Joe Burrow. This guy is phased by nothing. Nothing bothers this guy. I mean, he got sacked nine times against the Titans. It didn't matter. The Bengals won. He threw a bad interception against the Chiefs. It didn't matter. He drove him right back down the field, got the game-winning field goal. The defense gave up, gave up, a, gave up a game-tying field goal. But then Joe Burrow drove the Bengals down the field for the game-winning field goal. And he, and he got to the Super Bowl. So nothing phases Joe Burrow. Another reason why the Bengals are here. Obviously, Jamar Chase was a great pick at number five. That was an outstanding pick. A lot of controversy. Were they going to take Penn A school or were they going to take Jamar Chase? They proved to everybody Jamar Chase was the right pick. And the improvement on the defense. They hit they hit they 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 hit on their free agents. Trey Henderson 
was a great pickup for this defense. They also they also drafted Logan Wilson in the second round a couple of years ago, and they also got Jesse Bates. So it should be a really good game between these two teams. The way I see this game going, I think you know, I, I think I think for the Rams, I think the Rams are going to have success on offense in this game, and I do think they're going to have success on the ground. I do think uh, Cam Akers and Sony Michelle they are going to have success on the ground. I feel like that the Bengals are going to play too high. They're going to you know they're going to play have six guys in the box let the kind of you know allow the rams to run the ball i think the rams the, the bengal's focus is going to be on cooper cup doubling him and uh and uh some paying a little bit of paying attention to obj as well so so i do think the rams are going to have success moving the football in this game and i do think their defense is going to force a turnover from joe burrow but that doesn't mean i think joe burrow is not going to play well i think he's going to have a really good game i think joe mixon's going to have a really good game not in the running game but in the passing game i think he's going to have He's gonna have. Uh, he's gonna have. I think he's gonna have over. You know, 50, at least over 60 yards receiving. I think that's gonna be the key to the Bengals' offense getting the ball to Joe Burrow's hands quick. I think they're gonna do that in this game. I think it's gonna come right down to the end. But I'm gonna take the Rams to win this one close. I got the Rams beating the Bengals to win their first Super Bowl since 1999. I got the Rams beating the Bengals 30 to 24. But Justin, can Joe Burrow be the first player to win a Heisman Trophy? a national championship, and a Super Bowl. What a accomplishment that would be if he's able to do it. I don't think he will. Um, I have the Rams win this game 27-23. I think he'll keep a minute. I think he's going to, as like you, I think he's going to play well. I think he'll keep those Bengals in it. But I think the Rams, with everything they've given up this, you know, in the season, you know, all the draft picks they've given up, to get to this, this far and not be able to do it, you know, not be able to get over the hump again. I think this is the year they finally, you know, Los Angeles finally does it. Tommy Bay gets his first ever Super Bowl win, and I think the Rams find a way at home, or you know, in their home stadium to get the win. Yeah, I mean, it it it, 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 should, it should be a great game between the two teams. I mean, I mean, the two quarterbacks. I mean, I would take Burrow over Stafford, but Stafford has the better weapons in the game. But yeah, it should be a really really good game. Uh, between these two teams here's but here's the one question I think one of the biggest storylines going to the game is 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 Matthew Stafford a Hall of Famer if the Rams win the Super Bowl I gotta say yes because I think his numbers are there he played on a he played in a one of the worst organizations I know we had Calvin Johnson and Dakota Sue in their primes for the first four years but he played in a really bad organization for a long time and put up really good numbers got them to the playoffs three times didn't win a playoff game but if he wins the Super Bowl, I think he is because of how crucial Matthew Stafford was on this run. He made that big play to Cooper Cup in the divisional round of the playoffs. He 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 brought them back from ten down against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. And if he wins this, I feel like I feel like he 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 should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I think he should too. Um, you know, he played for such a bad organization, and yeah, it helped that he had you know Calvin Johnson, who's one of the best wide receivers. You know that we've seen, and you know, unfortunately, obviously, they didn't have a full career, but he was unbelievable. And you know, he got—I know he was over three in Detroit in the playoffs, but yeah, his numbers are all pretty good for an organization that did not really help him out uh, much at all. You know, throughout his career, and you know, I, you know, and I, I think he's done enough. If he's won the Super Bowl, he's probably four and three now in the playoffs. And if you look at his numbers too, they're pretty similar to Rodgers. Like he's 11th all time in pass completions. Rodgers is 10th. Stafford's 12th in uh, passing yards all time. Rodgers is 10th. You know, um, Stafford is is fourth all time in passing yards per game. Rodgers is 12th. And then passing touchdowns, 
Um, Matthew Stafford's 12th, Aaron Rodgers' fifth. And then, you know, Stafford has 42 winning drives, which, you know, is seventh all time. Rodgers only has 27, but again, he's played on a very good Packers team, which is 27. But like all their numbers are pretty similar. So it's like he'll have the one Super Bowl too, like Rodgers does. So I, I got to put him because of the numbers. Like Rodgers, and we all, you know, know that Aaron Rodgers would be a Hall of Famer. I think Stafford does as well. You know, again, like what would have, what would have happened if if you throw Stafford on those Packers teams? Does he win another? You know, does he win a couple more than Rodgers? Who knows? But um, I think with those numbers, again, it helped that he had Calvin Johnson. But I think he should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think he definitely should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I'm happy he got out of Detroit. I'm happy he got out of Detroit, and you saw what he could do when once he left Detroit. He was a, he was able to he was able to get the Rams to the Super Bowl, and he's got a very good chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely, he does. And, you know, he's got 13. He's got a lot of pieces around him. He's got great weapons, and OBJ was a great pickup. And, um, you know, Cooper Cups, who had an MVP-type year, got a good running back in Shoney Michelle. You know, Cameron Akers is back. Yeah, you know, and the defense is, is nasty. So, yeah, he's this is the, obviously the best team he's been on in his NFL career, and he's flourished with this with this Rams team. And, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm happy that he did get out of Detroit in that horrible situation up there. And he's taken the most of it, and it's and it's been great. And you know, he's he's had a phenomenal career, and he's got a chance to get his first Super Bowl. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So let's get into the game now. Let's start. Let's start breaking this game down. We're going to start with the, the first thing we're going to start with is how does the this is this is kind of the big matchup in this game. How does the Rams defense attack the Bengals offense? And this and the big matchup everybody's talking about is Jamar Chase on Jalen Ramsey. Here's another comment. Is Stafford a Hall of Famer if he doesn't win the Super Bowl? No, absolutely not. There is no way, no way that Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer if he, if he, if he doesn't win the game at, at this point in his career. There's no, way there's no way he's a Hall of Famer. And the reason for that is, is that the reason why he's not a Hall of Famer is, is you know, he, he was good. He was good. In, he was really good in Detroit, but he didn't win a playoff game in Detroit. Then he comes to the Rams and has a really good team around him and doesn't win. And in a game that he's favored in, not a chance. Matthew Stafford's a Hall of Famer if he doesn't win this game. Yeah, I I think I have to put him in there because of the numbers. I mean, he's so familiar to Aaron Rodgers and the numbers that I think if you say, and I know, you know, and I know the Super Bowl is a big part of it, of having that Super Bowl victory. And I think he gets it, he'll get in. And I think maybe at some, you know, maybe this is his really one shot with the Rams have given up. I think, you know, he could sneak in there. I just think with the numbers that are just so similar to Rodgers, he'll get in. But, yeah, that, that zero Super Bowl is there next to his name. It's going to hurt, and he's still only three and four in the playoffs. I, I think those numbers are going to hurt. But, you know, and I know those numbers are kind of skewed because Detroit always losing. He's throwing the ball a lot. But I thought he's pretty good. I'm, like, on the fence about it. I, I – with the numbers, just comparing the numbers with him and Rodgers, I think I would have to put him in. I think you'd say you're putting Rodgers in. I think you have to put Safford in. I know Rodgers is a totally different quarterback with the athleticism. But no, no, I, I just think there's there's no way in my opinion. There's just zero way. There's no way you could put Matthew Stafford in the Hall of Fame. He doesn't win this game. He's lo- If he loses, he loses. To no, a, I can see he your had point. the better team. He had the better team in the Super Bowl, and he loses. So – to me, he's got to win this game to be a Hall of Famer. I think I think that this is going to be this is going to be the determining factor. If he wins, he's in. If he loses, he's not in. And at this point, because he can win, he can win the next year maybe and get in. Yeah, no, I totally see your point. Yeah, they're a better team. They're playing a Bengals team that's been a Cinderella story to this point. A team I thought was going to win only five or six games this year. Yeah, it's been a great story. Again, I see your point. He hasn't won the Super Bowl. 
this is you know his first opportunity here. Yeah, he's had yeah he's got the better team around him. He's got one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, he's been able to get them over that hump this year. You know, it's been a you know like he's just a guy like I envisioned. If he had any opportunity, you know, early in his career to go somewhere else, I think we would be calling him a Hall of Famer. And I, I know Detroit hasn't helped him at all, but. Again, I just go back to numbers. They're just so similar. I just think, you know, I know the I know the Super Bowl makes a huge difference. But I you know, I I, I think he makes, you know, I think I'd put him in maybe, you know, not obviously first, second, or third. Like I'd put him maybe towards the end of kind of his, you know, final few years on the ballot. He sneaks in there. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I just don't. I just don't think you, you can put him in if if, if he doesn't win. Because even in Detroit, he had to get an opportunity when he had Calvin and Adamikin soon in his prime, and he blew that playoff game against the Cowboys. So I, I just, I, I just, it's, it's an interesting debate. If I think it's, I think it's more likely than not if he wins, yes, but it is debatable. But I think it's more likely no if he loses. What was that? Sorry, you really broke up there for a second. Oh yeah, but I think it's more. I think if he loses, it's more likely that he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I could totally see your point. You know, I see how time. You know, Marino made it without the with, with the numbers only one trip. Yeah, you know, I know back then it's a totally different era, but Marino's a pretty good quarterback as as well. Yeah, I think it's difficult for him if he doesn't win it. I like I, I, I you know I think he should get it if he still doesn't win it again. Yeah, he'll probably have, he may have another opportunity down the road, but yeah, if he I I wouldn't be shocked. And I, I see your point of yeah, he hasn't been there. They you know Detroit did have some talent with the Gamakitsu, Calvin Johnson. They did blow that playoff game. Again, it, you know, what could have been a Calvin's, you know, didn't have the injury history, but I I, I totally see your point of not getting him in because you know, um just didn't have a ton of playoff experience. I, I put a lot on the lines. Like I just wonder if he played for an other organization, you know, how things would have been different for him. Yeah, that's a good point. But but uh, going uh, going back to Hector's point, he says Marino made made it with the numbers and only one trip to the Super Bowl. I feel like that was a different league in those days, though. That was a non-salary cap league. More, more, if Stafford loses this, Staff, Marino has never had a team in his career as good as the team Stafford has this year with the Rams. He's never had a team that good. Uh, so it, I, I just think this if and 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 I think it, because even in the in the game in the Super Bowl, Marino made it to. He was facing the Niners. He was facing Joe Montana and Bill Walsh, Ronnie Lott. That team that team was that team was re, was nasty. It was, that, that was a, he was facing it with the team of the eighties in the Super Bowl. So if he loses to the, if Stafford loses to the Bengals with a really good roster, I just, I can't put him in. Yeah. I, I see your point. Yeah. Um, I know Marino. Yeah. Marino Dolphin teams you know, weren't great. I know they, yeah, they got the one Super Bowl. It is a different league. I see your point. Yeah. I like with the Lions again, I know this numbers could be skewed because the Lions were always losing and he always had the, he was always trailing in those games. And he had such a talented wide receiver that, again, the lines were throwing the ball. So I, I do see your point, and those numbers could be skewed a bit, which, you know, could, uh, you know, um, you know, kind of help, you know, not help his cause. But, yeah, I, again, I'm on the fence about it. I think he probably still deserves to get in. But I totally see your point. You know, he, he's got such a talented roster. It is the best team he's got to be on. Again, he's got to get it done and, you know, it on Sunday. The yeah, absolutely. Really, absolutely. really secure his bid. Oh, absolutely. Without question, without question. But let's get into let's get in, let's get back into the game. And uh, first, obviously, the biggest uh, the biggest matchup in this game is obviously going to be Jalen Ramsey on 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 Jamar Chase. How does this Bengals offense attack? Uh, how does this uh, Rams defense attack this Bengals offense? 
I feel like for the Rams, you got to, they're not going to, I don't think Chase is going to shadow, uh, Ramsey going to shadow Jamar Chase the entire game. I don't think that's going to happen. But what I do think is going to happen is I, I think it's going to be a mix, a mixture of Ramsey being on him, him being doubled uh, d- during the game. They're de- that's definitely going to be the Rams' main priority is containing Jamar Chase and, uh, you know, t- maybe t- taking their chances with Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and CJ Uzama. Let those guys beat him. I think that's the biggest thing the Rams are going to do on defense is they are going to try to contain Jamar Chase. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. And you saw the second half of the Chiefs game. Um, they stopped doubling because they doubled him most of that first half. The second half, he kind of got open. He was able to, or, you know, he was one-on-one coverage. And Joe Burrow was able to get to him. That's the only problem that, now, because you're right, they're probably going to have the two safeties deep. So, yeah, I think that safety is kind of going to be back there kind of shadowing uh, at times as well. But, yeah, I think it's Jamar Chase. If you could kind of slow him down, and, you know, they do have a lot of weapons. You know, they do have, boy, they have um, Higgins. They have Mixon. So, like, yeah, make one of those other guys beat you. Um, you know, again, I think as well as you said earlier too, I think it's got he's got to get rid of the ball quickly in this game. Now, I know, you know, with, with that pass rush, because you know, Floyd Miller, Von Miller, and Aaron Donald have five and a half sacks so far in the playoffs. The team has, I believe, seven, seven or eight. So, look, you know, like, can he stay under cool too? Like, with an Aaron Donald coming right at your face, like, it's first time he's facing Donald. That guy's a different, different animal than you know, um. So it'll be interesting to see what he can, you know, um, facing Donald for the first time. If he can kind of get in his face, bat down some balls. But, yeah, I think it's getting the ball out quickly. And, um, yeah, like, can somebody else step around and chase? Because if not – because if he's on one-on-one coverage, again, with Bro's accuracy, he's going to throw it right where he needs to be. And Chase more than likely is going to come down with that football. And we saw in the second half when, for the most of that game, Ramsey was shadowing Evans. Evans got the better of him in that second half. He had that long touchdown. So, uh, I, yeah, I think it's going to be a mix. They're, they're going to mix. They're going to mix it up. They're going to, you know, play some, double him a little, play some zone, double him a little, double him a little bit, have Ramsey on. So I think they're going to mix it up. It's not, I don't think it's going to be Jalen Ramsey shadowing, shadowing the whole game. I know that's what people want to see, but I don't think it's in the Rams' best interest to have Jalen Ramsey shadowing Jamar Chase the entire game. And to and to lead to my next point, and you talked about you talked about this, uh, you just talked about this for the how the Bengals' offense is going to attack the Rams' defense. I think it is so so crucial for Joe Burrow to be able to get rid of the ball quick. That screen game to Samaje P. Ryan and Joe Mixon, he's he's got they got to do that a lot because the Rams' linebackers are not great. This is the weakness of that defense is their linebackers, Troy Reedus and Ernest Jones. That's that's the weakness of this defense. You saw the 49ers have success, you know, in the in the screen game. So Joe Burrow has got to get get rid of the ball quick. They cannot get in a situation. These seven step drops are not going to work. The biggest mismatch in the Super Bowl is the Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. That's the biggest mismatch in the Super Bowl. So it is imperative for Zach Taylor to design, to, to design a game plan that Joe Burrow gets the ball out of his hands quick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, you know, again the Titans because. Again, the Titans, I mean, the Rams offense is a lot better than the Titans offense. He ain't winning this game and gets sacked nine times. I don't think he's going to get sacked nine times. Not but a there's chance. No chance of winning not, a ch- no. not a chance if he gets sacked. Even if I think if he gets sacked like five or six times, there's no chance they win. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, he gets sacked more than five, four or five times. They're they're in trouble in this game. So, yeah, I think that the screen game is going to be going to be huge in this game. If they can expose that, again, drop it off the mix in to my GP, Ryan. I mean, they try to like a wide receiver screen to Jamar Chase and let him try to go to work in the open field. Something like that too, like yeah, trying to design something for one of those weapons to get open um, is going to be key in this game because yeah, I, again the Rams pass rush 
again, they're going to come after him. And, you know, again, he's been cool under pressure, but again, Aaron Donald is just a different name, especially when he's right in your face and it's not coming from the edges. He's coming right at you in the face. It could be different. That gives quarterbacks the most trouble when Donald is uh, when Donald is rushing. Is Donald is rushing right towards them? That gives quarterbacks the most. Pre- that gives the quarterbacks the most trouble. Uh, th- that definitely gives the quarterbacks the most trouble. Oh, absolutely! You saw Brady a couple weeks ago. Brady was kind of flustered by it a little bit. Like, yeah, you know, usually everybody, yeah, you know, Aaron Donald's coming right at you. Yeah, it's again, it's kind of hard to stay under pressure, stay cool, and yeah, I think that's where he's going to make his mistake or two, bro, in this game. Again, it could cost him. So yeah, I think it's kind of getting that ball quickly. You know, in helping, you know, just getting that ball quickly, letting one of those guys go to work in in the open field because they, you know, then they have talent that at those positions. So for them to make a big play um, off of something like that, that's what that's what they're gonna need. They're gonna have to keep Joe Burrow healthy and you know just a clean pocket. What you know, and doing that, it's just yeah, getting rid of the ball quickly. Absolutely, absolutely. Now we go how the Rams offense attacks the uh, Bengals defense. And I think for the Rams offense, I think a big key is is how, how I think a big key is is I think they, they they should try to get the running game going. I really do. The Cincinnati has given up a lot of uh, gives given up rushing yards. They gave up 83 yards to uh, uh, Jacobs. They gave up over 100 rushing yards to the Titans. They gave up a lot of rushing yards to the Chiefs, even though that was by design, so they didn't get you know didn't get beat by big uh, didn't get beat deep. And I think in this game. I think the one thing the Bengals are going to do is they're going to give they're going to give you know the Rams that running game. So I think the Rams, if they see six guys in the box for the Bengals, they see those two safeties deep. Deep. I think you absolutely want to try to run the ball. Then it'll set up play action to get the ball. Then they would have to put a safety in the box, set up play action, make it easier to get the ball to you know Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, uh, to get the ball to those guys. I, I I think the Rams definitely should try to run definitely try to run the ball a little bit, and that would definitely make life easier for Matthew Stafford. The number one thing the Rams don't want to do in this game is they don't want Trey Hendrickson to affect this game. If they're able to protect Stafford, I feel like that that they're gonna they're gonna put up at least twenty four to uh, at least like twenty seven to thirty points in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, at first of talking the Rams, you know, getting the running game going, the Bengals struggling. Yeah, in the playoffs, the Bengals are giving up five yards of carry so far in the playoffs. So they have struggled to stop the run, and they were top five against stopping the run during the regular season. Um, so they were really good during the regular season. They really showed in the playoffs. Yeah, it's the, against the Chiefs, it was designed because the two high, two high safety look. But oh yeah, like if they can get that running game going now, Adrian has not looked good. He's not really played well. I don't know how much you play. Again, he's coming back from that Achilles injury very quickly. Like I, I don't know how much you know I would even hand him the ball. I know you kind of need the two backs of him, and Michelle, but um, he has not looked great since returning. Maybe he gets some open field in, in this game with the way the Bengals defense is going to play. Um, but yeah, like Henderson, Henderson, you know, Hel- Hubbard had five and a half sacks told in the playoffs and BJ Hall's added another sack and a half. So BJ, BJ Hill, you know, BJ they've Hill. Had eight total. Uh, I know all about BJ Hill. He was a, he was a former giant. He had that big interception in, 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 the, in the NFC, in the AFC championship game. Yeah, he did. He did have that big interception. Uh, you guys wish you guys would have had him at the defense tackle this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he wasn't great, but yeah, he's helped the Bengals this year. I'll I'll give him that. Yeah, he's played well. Um, He has played well this year. It's been a really nice addition for Cincinnati. But uh, yeah, you know, I think the Rams, I think they're, yeah, I think Stafford's going to have some success in this game. Again, like the first half, the Chiefs, I I know they're not playing the Chiefs game, but the Rams are a pretty good offense and they did whatever they wanted to them in the first half. They went up, they went up and down the field against them with, with, complete ease in the first half. I don't think the Rams are going to do that, but I think they will have a lot of success. 
I do think Cup and OG, OBJ are going to have some big games. Um, I, I could see Sony Michelle, Cam Akers having a big game on the ground. You know, can they can they play that screen? You know, they you know the um, I don't know, I think they're going to be able to hit some screen plays too with with Akers or Michelle and have some big plays as as, as well there. So um, I, I think Rams are going to have a lot of success in this game against the defense. Gotten better. You know, it, it's a lot better this year than it was last year. Uh, this Rams offense is very good and again obj made such an addition and i think we know who to blame for that one is i think that you know for the obj stuff that was on on baker there but um baker and the cleveland browns and kevin stefanski yeah, yeah they, they 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 i mean yes odell had his issues there i don't think he stepped yes. up the way he should have but more of the blame goes to uh baker and kevin stefanski oh absolutely because he he's been such a different make maker here for the for the rams yeah, emerging there as the number two. I think both those guys, a cup, OBJ, have big games. I think the Cincinnati struggles against beats them. But, again, that that pass rush can get to Stafford. He can make a couple mistakes of his own. And they put – since these events could put Cincinnati's offense in a good position, they'd be a very good chance to win this game. But I think – think, I think they're – I think they're off – the Rams off of the line that holds them back just enough in this game. Yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see there. And our last last one we'll talk last we'll talk about the Bengals defense against the Rams offense. I think it's going to be imperative for the for the for the for the Bengals again. No, I mean the Bengals off. It's again the Bengals uh, defense against the Rams offense. I think it's imperative for the Bengals to rush for Trey Hendrickson is going to be a key in this game. He's going to have to get pressure on Matthew Stafford, B.J. Hill. Uh, Sam, Sam Hubbard, they're going to have to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. And I think they double Cooper Cup. I think they keep a safety, keep their safeties deep. They, you know, kind of give up the run a little bit, keep their safeties deep, and really pay attention to, you, to, to Cup and OBJ. I think those are the two guys you got to be paying attention to, especially Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is one of the top receivers in the game this year, so I feel like I feel like the Bengals should double Cooper Cup, try to take him out of the game, try to try to uh, limit his production, even if they give up some rushing yards, even though they're even though they get yards, hold the holding them to three is not that bad. It's, it's, it's just you just can't have them score set. You can't have them score seven. And the biggest thing there is trying to uh, contain Cooper Cup. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ben, but don't break defense. I think for Cincinnati, again, that'd be huge. They can hold them the field goals. Again, your offense is good enough to kind of convert those, put up seven on the board, you know, coming back. And yeah, you know, as you mentioned, rushing four. That really worked against the Chiefs in the second half because they were only rushing they three in the first half. They can. They rushed four. Or five. They rushed. They rushed. Yeah. They rushed four. They rushed four in the first half. They rushed three in the second half. What they did in that Chiefs game is they rushed three and they played uh, and they played man coverage. But I don't think they could do that against the Rams because I think I don't think there's a corner that that can that can match up with OBJ one on one. They could double they could double cup, but I don't think there's a corner on the Bengals that can match up with OBJ one on one. No, I don't think there is. I think yeah, I think that could be problematic. Again, yeah, with that two high safety look, they'll give up some rushing yards, but. Again, I I think yeah, and I think you live with that. You know, you you'll live with that as long as you mentioned you bend don't break. Um, yeah, like if they can get if they can if they can get the Matthew Stafford, you know, because again, you we've seen at times Matthew Stafford under pressure gets flustered and he'll he'll throw a pick or two. You know, he'll he'll give you you know again, the Rams kind of cost themselves ten points last against the um, against the Niners NFC Championship game. They threw a pick in the red zone. They missed a field goal. You know, like again, like you know, again, if you can do stuff like that, just you know, for the Bengals, I think you'll be in good shape. Again, I think it's gonna be tough to really get after uh, Stafford because I really like the Rams' offensive line. I think they'll be able to contain those, the Hubbard, you know, Hall, and Hendrickson. But if not, if they can become game records, which is possible, they're good enough to become game records. 
they're in a really, really good spot to to win the game. You know, if they can force a fumble or two, if they can make Matthew Stafford throw a pick or two, um, they're in good chance. But yeah, I just I don't really see the Cincinnati, you know, outside double team a cup. I just don't know how they kind of slow them down in the secondary. And again, I think they would ha- they have to get after Stafford because yeah, I think one on one with OBJ, and, and if Stafford got time to get to get to get him the ball, I think you know Cincinnati could be in, in for a long day. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, and I think pressure on Stafford is so key because you saw the games, like the Tennessee game where they got pressure on Stafford. This the game against San Francisco. You start to pre- – in the game against Green Bay, you pressure Stafford, he's going to make – he can make some mistakes. He's he is mis- Matthew Stafford is definitely mistake-prone. He's a really good quarterback, but he's mistake-prone. So, I think pressure is going to be the key for that Bengals defense. To wrap up, I, I, I like the Rams, and the reason I like I, – I do like the Rams is just because, is, is because, uh, is, is because they have the better team. I expect both quarterbacks to play well. I expect both quarterbacks to play really well in the Super Bowl, but I'm just taking the better the better coach team. I think Zach Taylor's done a really good job. I will admit, I was wrong about Zach Taylor. I was highly critical of Zach Taylor, and I will admit on this show that I was wrong about Zach Taylor. I think he's done a really good job, but I got to go with the better roster and the better coach. That's why my prediction is Rams 30 to 24 with Matthew Stafford being the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got the Rams as well, 27-23 at home. You know, everything the mortgage. They mortgage their whole entire future for this season. I think they get over the top. They're the better team. Again, Cincinnati's been an unbelievable story. There's, you know, again, two weeks ago, nobody thought they were going to beat the Chiefs. They, again, a pro- improbable comeback. And I, I think I think this is where the clock tricks midnight here for the Bengals. Again, I think with Joe Burrow, they'll be back one day. You know, I not going to be the last time we see Joe Burrow in a Super Bowl. And I think, yeah, I think Matthew Stafford wins MVP. Him or Cooper Cup. But again, more than likely, it probably is going to go with the quarterback, other than a wide receiver, if something really drastic happens. So, um, yeah, I think the Rams find a way to win it. I think they are a little bit better of a team. I think the Rams' pass rush gets to Joe Burrow and he makes a mistake or two. I think it's sacked four or five times this game. And yeah, you know, I'll, I'll admit too, yeah, Zach Taylor, I was totally wrong on. He's done a really good job to get this team here. You know, I said last week or two weeks ago that. This was as far as Zach Taylor was going to be able to lead him. He was not going to be able to get them over the top. I was wrong about that. I figured there's no chance this guy was going to come back next year. But, again, he's lined himself up for contract extension. Good for him. So, unbelievable season for the Bengals. But, yeah, I think the clock strikes midnight for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, great year for the Bengals. We'll definitely see Joe Burrow in this spot again. The guy's so unfazed. I'm so impressed by the way he played because he played this year. You can argue he's a top three, top four quarterback in the league. But it's just – I feel like this is the Rams' time. They went all in. The Super Bowl's in L.A. I feel like this is the Rams' time. I think the Bengals give them a game, but I feel like this is the Rams' time. That's why I got them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, yeah, I think they're a little bit better than them at this moment than the Bengals. It's at home. They've gone through a lot to get here. They've, you know, getting Stafford, getting Miller, getting OBJ, you know, getting all those pieces, giving up the draft picks and all that. Yeah, they've given up so much to get to the chance. And – Again, it looked like they didn't fall apart against the Bucs. They found a way to come back, win that game. Um, they're, or you know, the, you know, we, we, you know get, get the game winning field goal there. Again, they looked good last two weeks ago against the Niners. I think it is their time. I think it's Matthew Stafford time to get his first Super Bowl. And I think they find a way to pull it out, get the win. Uh, yep, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Should be a great game. We'll definitely be recapping it next week. But we got to move on to the coaching carousel, and it was very, very busy this week. As uh, we start with the Jaguars, Doug Peterson 
getting the job in Jacksonville. And I like this hire. I like the fact the Jaguars hired a coach with experience, a coach that has won a Super Bowl. Yes, he didn't win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So I, 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 I think Doug Peterson is a good coach. I think the Eagles, per, I think the Eagles made a mistake. I think they should have. I think they should have got rid of Howie Roseman and kept Doug Peterson as the head coach. I think Doug Peterson's a good coach, and I'm really confident he's going to turn things around here in Jacksonville. I think Trevor Lawrence is really going to benefit Trevor Lawrence. Peterson's a good offensive mind. I think it's going to benefit Trevor Trevor Lawrence. And a lot of times you're, you're guessing with coordinators. I don't think you're guessing here. I think Doug Peterson's going to get the job done. I feel like Jacksonville's – it depends on what Trent Baalke does, if they're, they're going to get enough talent around Trevor Lawrence and if they can get enough talent for Doug Peterson – but I think this 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 is going to work. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good, and I think this is this is a five six win team next year. I think this team is is, is going to be in position. They're going to be a lot more competitive this year. The Jaguars will be definitely be a lot more competitive this year with the hiring of Doug Peters. Yeah, absolutely. I like this hire as well. You know, this guy made Carson once one year again, like win the MVP. Like again, Trevor Lawrence, as we all kind of, you know, everybody kind of says he's going to be a generational talent. Again, I think Doug Peterson's a good one for him. They kind of teach them uh, good offensive minded guy. Yeah, it ended very poorly in Philadelphia. There's a lot of issues there. And I think it is a good hire. Again, I think Jacksonville did a tremendous job here, you know, um, with, with the Peterson hire. And I think he'll do good things with Trevor Lawrence. Again, yeah, it's can Jacksonville build around him and build around Trevor Lawrence here and do enough to help him out? Time will tell in Jacksonville. But I think it was a good step in the right direction. I think it's a good step here for. Trevor Lawrence, if you're a Jaguars fan of his progression, I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a lot better next year. So, yeah, I, I like to hire. Again, it's an NFC South that, again, the Texans are really rebuilding. You know, the Colts, I guess, with Wentz are, you know, okay still. Titans look good. But, like, it, it's a division where, you know, you can get good enough. I think you can, pass, you can overpass the Colts right now and obviously the Texans. So, it's a division, I think, like second place right now. I don't think Jaguars going to be there, but like in another couple of years, I think Jaguars would be fighting there for like second place in that division. Look at the Bengals. There is no excuse for an NFL team not to turn their team around in three years. There's no excuse. If you can't turn your team around in a three-year window, I know the Bengals did a two-year window, but if you can't turn your team around in a three-year window, there is no excuse for that. And I, I think they, they very easily they are very easily could have the best quarterback in this division, and it's going to be all up to Trent Baalke for making the right draft picks. And he did a pretty good job in San Francisco. The problem with Balky is his patience with coaches. That, that's been a problem with him as a GM. But the way Balky bounces back as a GM, though, is drafting the right players, have patience with Doug Peterson, trust that this is going to work. He has won a Super Bowl. He, he has experience. He's had success. I, 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 this, I, 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 I think, honestly, out of all the coaching hires, this is my, this is my favorite hire. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. It was either that or it was stable until the Peterson hire. I agree with you. I do like Dave. I, I mean, I do like Peterson. Um, yeah. I mean, you saw what Joe Burrow did again. And I know no, they did a good job kind of building enough. And again, with all the weapons they built um, with the defense. And again, like Zach Taylor, I, I still like the door still over. Like, again, he, you know, has done a better job this year. But yeah, again, and especially in that NFC North division. And I, I know like the Ravens were banged up all year. You know, I know the Steelers are 500. You know, and same thing with Cleveland, they had a lot of injuries, but that was a really competitive NFC North, and they beat each other up every week. And to win that, you know, to come out of the division to be saying where they are in the Super Bowl, and you know, we all thought that they're going to be the doormat of the division and they're able to compete. Yeah, I, again, I think it is possible for Jacksonville to compete in the next few years in this division. And like, especially Tano, still the quarterback, we kind of saw what happened in the playoffs. 
you know, they do enough around him, especially that I think that defense played better at the end of last year. You know, they added another few pieces. Besides the Patriot game, they got destroyed. But, um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, there is no excuse. I think, you know, you get the right quarterback, and I think Trevor Lawrence is like, going to be a very good quarterback in this league. It is not – it's not that hard to turn things around. It's, as long as you got the right coach in a halfway decent roster, you can you could steal some games in this league. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll go on to the Dolphins, and they hired uh, Mike McDaniel to be their head coach. And I have, I have mixed reactions on this one. I think this move could help Tua. I think here's one thing. The Dolphins' running game will be better this next year. They'll run the Kyle Shanahan offense. Their running game will be better next year. I think Tua could very easily you know, improve with this coach because that was the issue with Brian Flores. Him and Tua were not seeing eye to eye. He, Flores did not. That's why Flores – I know there's other reasons why he lost his job, but I think he ultimately lost his job is because he did not like Tua. So they, the Dolphins decided to side with the quarterback, not the coach. But – uh the problem here is how is this 38-year-old going to be able to lead this team? How is he going to be the guy in the locker room? This is why it's always a guessing game with coordinators. It is one of the most difficult things to do is predict how a coordinator is going to be as a head coach because it is a guessing game. And this is definitely a guessing game here with Mike McDaniel. How, how, how is he going to stare into those guys' eyes after a loss and, tr- and, and get them to tr- trust him that things are going in the right direction? I mean, he's a smart guy. He went to Yale. Really good offensive mind, but how is he going to be able to coach the entire team? Because Brian Flores did a great job coaching the entire team. He took a team that was one and seven and they ended up going nine and eight. So, and he had two winning seasons in Miami. That is very difficult to do in that organization. I don't care if he didn't make the playoffs. He had two winning seasons in Miami. Mike McDaniel's. I there's parts to him I like. There's parts to him I don't like. He's a he's still he's a question mark for me. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how I feel about this hire yet. Um, again, you gotta imagine they're picking the guy that just like Tua and talked the most about Tua and how they're gonna develop Tua to become the star that they think he's gonna become one day. And yeah, again, he's been with Shannon the last 11 years. He came up with that creative running system. You know, he was a part of that creative running system, the play designer. He, again, was a big part of kind of Damien, um, you know, Samuel's kind of um, you know, impact there with the running game. Again, maybe you can have the same impact with Jalen Waddle and be able to get him more involved in the running game. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's like, yeah, how can you, you know, because if you listen to him at his press conference, I don't know how this guy's kind of going to be a leader of men. I didn't really like his demeanor, some of the stuff he was saying in the press conference. So the, 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 the for me, yeah, it's still kind of out for me. And at Division Two with Buffalo playing well, again, I, you got to imagine New England's going to continue to be up right up there. And again, with the Jets, who knows? But yeah, I, again, it is always hit or miss with these coordinators. Again, you never know. You you just never know when they don't have that Kyle Shannon, that Andy Reid, or that Bill Belichick in the room. They kind of tell them how to do and do, and they're kind of being the whole, you know, yeah, running the whole operation. It is a lot different. And we'll see. He's a young guy, but he seems very smart. But it's a tough division to break into. And, you know, yeah, like Brian Ford's did a terrific job down there. It's unfortunate what happened with everything, but we'll see. It's a, you know, Miami is not, not an easy place to win right now. Absolutely not. And, and as I've said, coordinators are always a guessing game. I mean, if you're not leading a position group, you're leading adults that are, that are putting, that are trying to put food on their family, on their family's tables and on their, on their family, they're trying to put food on the table for their families. You're not leading a position group. So definitely a roll of the dice there for Mike McDaniel. Uh, 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 next, the Texans hire Lovey Smith. Uh, 
I know he has experience. I know he had success in Chicago. Didn't have success in Tampa. But here's my issue with this hire. Okay, I'm not going to get into the Flore stuff. I'm not going to get into that. I think the biggest issue with for me with this hire is if you're going to fire David Culley, why would you hire somebody who worked under David Culley? What was your rationale for firing David Culley? To me, that's where I'm so confused at what the Texans are doing. I really am so confused. Like, if you're going to fire Culley, if you're going to hire Lovey Smith, just keep David Culley. And the team played for David Culley. So that's, I know the good part of Lovey Smith is he has, he's a coach with experience and he's, he's gotten to a Super Bowl. The issue here is if you didn't like the job David Culley did, why would you hire a guy that was on his staff? Yeah, to me, it is a weird hire. My, my, yeah, because my thing is they either wanted blind fours and because of this, you know, lawsuit, they can't hire him. And it sounded like, too, they were all in on Josh McCown, too. Like, they really they wanted were, McCown. And, and, yeah, and, 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 until the whole thing came up and it would have been, yeah. a, you know what would have happened if they hired McCown. Yeah. It would have, we, people, we would have all blasted them. Blasted them. Yeah. This is kind of and the safe thing. hire for them. This is the safe yeah. hire. Because oh, we, we, oh, we, we would every, everyone, including our show, would have blasted them if they hired McCown. And, and rightfully so. He's a coach with no experience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We should have. And, and look, who knows if and, and look, I hope this doesn't happen. But what happened that they just do the one year? They just hope this thing all blows over. They fire Lovey Smith next year and they, they go to McCown next year. Like, why don't they bring him on as an OC or something? They really want this guy to be an ex head coach. Why don't they bring him on the OC? Maybe I'd, I'd like it better than they actually give this guy some experience at the NFL level. But yeah, like, again, I saw Lovey Smith in Illinois did a horrible job. Again, Tampa Bay didn't have much success. And after that Super Bowl, the Bears went downhill. Like, I, I, I don't – I'm with you, and I know Lovey Smith was not their first option. But, yeah, why fire Cole? That guy, again, he was – you know, wasn't the biggest fan of him, you know, the play calling and stuff. I thought he was a little way too – you know, in some of their games, they were up. They got way too conservative. But, hey, they played hard for him. They won, what, four games with that roster with Davis Mills at your quarterback. That's, that's – again, I – that's pretty – you know, that's pretty good for that roster that they had. They were competitive in a lot of games, so – yeah, I don't get it why you just hired Lovey again. People, we kind of know why they did it, but yeah, it's the Texans again, just uh, messing more things up. Yeah, that organization to me, I just don't know. I think that right now they're the most dysfunctional organization in the NFL. Them or the Lions? Yeah, I, I think at least the Lions have a direction with Dan Campbell. Man. The Texans, I feel like, have Man. no direction, no direction at all, no plan, no direction at all. Yeah, that's right. Actually, good point. Yeah, at least they know, and at least Dan Campbell kind of showed you something that they did play hard in Detroit for the first time in a few years. So, yeah, no, you're probably right. Texans, yeah. Now, Casario's having a rough one so far. Uh, he's had a rough tenure so far, and yeah, who know? Who knows what's gonna happen with Watson either? Right? They, yeah. Who knows what happens? Yeah, it is a mess down in Houston. And lastly, the Saints. I think everybody knew this one was pretty obvious when Sean Payton resigned. The Saints hired Dennis Allen. I think. What they wanted to do was they, they 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 had a good year last year. They went nine and eight with uh, without really without really good quarterback. They didn't without good quarterback play. They went nine and eight. Strength the team defense. Want to hire Dennis Allen? I, I I like the hire. I think I think it's I think Dennis Allen needs. To, I think he deserves another shot. I think I think you know it was a disaster with the Raiders, but that was that's such a pathetic yeah, organization. I think he deserves a shot with a real organiz with a real with a real organization. And I'm sorry, the Raiders were not a real organization when he was the head coach there. It was an absolute, pathetic, absolute, it was absolutely pathetic. Their organization is absolutely pathetic. So he's in a really good spot. He's in a really good organization. The Saints just got to figure out who that quarterback is going to be. And that's a, still a big question mark for them. But I do like the hire of Dennis Allen. I, I, think, I think he deserves another shot. 
Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you got a fair shot in Oakland. I thought those teams, those were probably the worst teams in the NFL during that tenure, or they were right there at the bottom. Um, yeah, I did, those teams did not have a lot of talent. He's got a lot of work cut out for him here. You know, that defense was really good last year. Again, they're what, like $75 million with a cap or something like that? Again, who, who's going to play quarterback? Again, I we're not getting into it today, but again, the news about, you know, Alvin Kamara now. Again, Michael yeah. Thomas didn't play all of last year. Like, again, how healthy is he? Does, you know, if you go into rebuild, do you, do you, you know, maybe try to get, you know, try to get something for Thomas? I think he's got a lot of work to do here. There's a lot of question marks in, in New Orleans right now. Again, it's tough to follow the shoes of Sean Payton of what he did down there. But, yeah, I think he does deserve another shot, especially what he did with that defense and, you know, this year. Yeah, they did not have a quarterback. That's their biggest question is offseason, one of them. But, yeah, I, I do think he deserves another shot. He did not get a fair shake in Oakland. That, those teams were horrendous. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. So the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow. Uh, so we'll be hitting on, we're going to hit on that next. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of homeownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage, and equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. All right, the NBA trade deadline is tomorrow, and the big story in uh, there is the uh, the James Harden trade. It's, it's, it's just the Nets and Sixers talking about a James Harden trade, and if the Nets do this trade, it, it, oh, here we go, Chase. With uh, with what with what the Braves did, at, with what the Braves and Rams are doing, this NBA trade deadline could leave. Yes, the great point there by Jace. Mm-hmm. Jace kind of knew where I was going. I think Jace kind of knew where I was going there, and 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 the team that that it, will, it could lead to. Is the uh, is the Philadelphia 76ers. If you're the Sixers and if the Nets are stupid enough to offer you James Harden for Ben Simmons, you take it. You absolutely have to take that. Daryl Morey wants them. If the Nets are if the Nets do this, they're totally stupid. They're they are they are idiots. If they trade James Harden, they cannot be bigger idiots at this point. I know he's a free agent next year, but they could not be bigger idiots if they if they if they trade James Harden. I mean that that that, that would that would if they trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, that would that, that, that would make the Sixers the favorite and would definitely hurt the Nets chance absolutely hurt the Nets chances to win the NBA. All right, probably ends their chances because we know Kyrie, we know Kyrie because Kyrie's not going to play in the home game. So that would end the Nets chances of being a title contender. So if you're the Brooklyn Nets, 
the reason you've lost eight in a row is because you have not had Kevin Durant and one of your players refuses to be a team player and get vaccinated. That's why you've lost eight in a row. If you, if you, if you get the, if you get this big three on the court, we really haven't seen much of this big three, but if this big three comes together, knowing the history of this league, we saw it in golden state, this team could very easily win a championship. It will be the stupid one of the, I think it'll be the dumbest move in my life as an NBA fan. If the Nets trade James Harden to the 76ers. Yeah, I'm a Kings fan, and we'll get to that. The yesterday I thought was very stupid, but Kings make a lot of stupid moves. But anyways, so this is so this is from ESPN. This is a little big on Nets start screaming every way possible he can to get out of Brooklyn at the moment. Now, this is what I heard too from the New York governor yesterday. She's lifting the um, max. Uh, the, the she's lifting like the um, mandatory max kind of um, you know in, indoor mask um, kind of law. But she said that it's up to the individual towns and cities to kind of decide when that is. So if that's the case, you gotta imagine Kyrie Irving's gonna be able to play at home games pretty soon. So why would he want to get? So if that's the case, why would you want to leave Brooklyn? If he, because it sounds like he wants to leave. Why would you want to leave Brooklyn? And why would you give up to, to your division rival? It's just a division rival. And again, I know it's you know again like if this was the Knicks, you know how destroyed they begin to get like they're lucky they're like the kind of behind the knicks and popularity and all that in the city i I would not understand it why and i know because look if because i it sounds like i I think kyrie's gonna be able to play at some point in home games it's worth it to win a title and let james ward harden walk and go wherever he wants in the offseason that is totally worth it why would you treat him up not get that chance and then isn't you know kyrie durant up for free you know they can opt out so yeah. they could both leave. It's, you know, again, I, it, this would be totally dumb to, to bring in Ben Simmons, which, again, in the New York market, I know I just said it's kind of behind the Knicks, but you're still in the New York market. It ain't getting easy, any easier for Ben Simmons, especially if they don't win the title. And Ben Simmons is part of the reason why he's going to get killed. And now you're in Brooklyn. Good luck. I, I, don't, I don't get the reasoning behind it for Sean Marks and the Nets. Again, Dale Morey, I think, you know, I home run for him. And after yeah, again, it's good that they're actually still trying to get him because they are wasting Joel Embiid's year. They're, you know, they're wasting a year of his prime to do this. But yeah, it is a totally stupid move by the Brooklyn Nets if you really give up James Harden. You make him sit and again, this is a championship team. If they're all healthy, you know, if the big three are healthy, you win the playoffs and they all can, if Kyrie can play at home, again, there's not too many teams. Again, who's better than them? Nobody in the Eastern Conference. Maybe the Suns, but they're right there. I think they're better than the Suns. They're, they're better than the Suns. I think maybe the Warriors, if Clay starts to get really hot, if Clay and Steph get back to what yeah. they were, maybe the, maybe the Warriors. But really, yeah, with the big three together, I don't think there's a team that's better than them. No, there there isn't. And uh, yeah, they'll probably be like a six five, six two. Who knows? But I still think they're the most talented team in that Eastern Conference. It doesn't matter what seed they're. They'll get to the championship. They'll, you know, they should get to the NBA final. So yeah, I, I can. It would be totally stupid to kind of quit now because it sounds like they're gonna have Kyrie at home soon, sooner rather than later. So I don't, I don't get it. Especially training your division rival, you're just kind of pretty much training them a, a very good chance of winning a title. Which again, I would think pisses off a lot of Nets fans. Oh, I mean, if, if if Harden gets traded, they the players in the NBA, great top ten players, don't get traded at the trade deadline because their team has a chance to win a championship. You don't do that. If, if this happens, 
Sean Marks should be fired if if he trades if he trades uh, James Harden right now. He should be fired. I don't care if the guy right now doesn't want to quote unquote be there. There were there was there was a year Kyrie Irving didn't want to be in Cleveland, but the Cavs weren't going to trade him because they knew they they knew they had to keep him and LeBron together to get to the finals. You're, you don't tra- you don't trade. You cannot make they cannot make this deal if you're the Nets. No, you can't let your players walk over you like this. I know it's a league where the players kind of own the organizations, but you can't do that. You can't let the players just walk over you because they don't want to be here. Again, is a championship level team when healthy? I like. Yeah. Does he really hate it here that much that he wants to get out of town as soon as possible? Again, I know it hasn't worked out like he thought, but again, it all you know nobody really knew at the time what this pandemic and that we were still going to be in pandemic at this point in time in almost two years. Like, I, you know, again, I, it, it would be, he deserves to be fired again. I, I know, um, you know, I know he wants to get out of there, but again, yeah, you make him sit there and play. Can you know, you know, again, do what the Sixers are doing with Simmons. Tell him to sit out then. You know, I, I just don't get it. You know, don't just, again, yeah, he may walk away. But if it's worth it, if you win a title, and again, I can't see him sitting out with this team. If, if Durant or I, Kyrie Irving are healthy and playing in the playoffs, there's no way, there's no chance that James Harden is to sit out and, and not participate. He'd play. I, I, I'm with you. I'd make, I'd make him sit out if he doesn't want to be here. I'd make him sit out until he really wants to play. Yeah, I think at some point he would with Kyrie and Durant healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I think eventually he's good. He's, he's definitely going to want to play. And uh, yeah, it's just I think the I think the Nets, the best interest of the Nets right now is you got to keep them. you got to keep them because with the big three together, I still think you're the favorite in the East. But we'll go on to another team that made a trade, and uh, that is the Blazers. They traded us. Uh, they traded CJ McCollum for Josh Hart, and I think for the Pelicans, it does make them. You know, it makes them a uh, a team that is I think going to get even if Zion doesn't come back. I think with him. And Brandon Ingram, and and uh, and, uh, and Tunis. I think I think they're a, they're a team that's that's going to get in. I, I think they're definitely going to. I think they're a team that's going to get in, not in the playoffs, the play-in. So I think I think the Pelicans are going to get into the uh, play-in tournament. And for the Blazers, Dame Lillard's got to want out of there. The Blazers, the Blazers are 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 are, are lying, saying, "Oh, we we we, we want to get another superstar. We we we, we want to build around Dame." Stop. It's time. It's time for Dame and the Blazers to move on. If you're Dame, I would want to get out of there as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would, yeah, I would as well if I'm Damian Lillard. Again, I, you know, again, it's been great to want to kind of stick around there, but yeah, it may be time. Um, with McCall trade, you know, with Brooklyn, I mean, with New Orleans, I get, you know, it makes some sense again. I know you kind of lose, the, you know, Josh Hart's a really good defender. McCall does not play much defense, but um, again, he's been a terrific three point shooter in the league. McCollum, again, if you could ever get Zion Williamson back on the floor anytime soon with that, him and Ingram, yeah, Jonas Bank Lunich have been a good center in the league for a while for, you know, the last seven, eight years. It is a nice little core that, again, is obviously good enough to get into the playing games, you know, to at least, again, how much better they are, you know. Again, you add a guy like McCollum, he's been in the playoffs too. The team doesn't have a ton of playoff experience. You know, to help out with Zion again. I just I have no idea when Zion's gonna ever come back. It sounds like not till at least the end of February now. But McCollum's a solid shooter. A- again, uh, definitely an upgrade over Josh Hart. You know, it's a nice little move. Again, you know, do they add like a bigger kind of guard? Probably not. You know, in the next day or two, but at like the point guard who's the better defender. 
at the point guard spot, you know, to kind of make up for defensive laugh. But again, it's a team that's 26 in the league right now, three point shooting. CJ McCollum is obviously going to elevate that. Um, so yeah, I do think it's a good move for the Pelicans. Get them a little bit better. Get some probably, you know, and if they could ever get Zion back, it definitely does elevate them. Again, maybe they'd sneak into the um, and win a playing spot and be getting as one of those like you know uh, seeds to play in the first round. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the Pelicans obviously sneak sneak in the plan, and for, and for the and for the Blazers, they I think they're rebuilding. I think I think this is the sign of them starting to rebuilding. They're going to get rid of Dame. I think I think that they're going to they're going to now build through the draft. And it's going to be a while till they'll be a a championship contender. Yeah, I think so too. Again, it just it kind of seems like it, it hasn't really worked out this year with Chauncey Billups as the head coach. It doesn't really seem like it's kind of panned out the way they wanted it to. Bring another kind of veteran guard to kind of coach his team. It hasn't worked. I, I do think it's time. Uh, you know, again, I think they get a lot of value for Damian Lillard right now. He's a very good point guard. I think, you know, it'll pretty much, you know, any, any team would probably that needs a point guard or want him. I uh, do think it's time. Again, load up the draft picks, kind of hope build your way up there. Again, it's not a big market team. They kind of have to do it that way. And if you can you can hit on enough draft picks, again, you can, you can kind of get back to contending. Um, again, like McCallum and Damian Lillard are two guys that are from mid-major schools. Weaver State and Lehigh, and and they're able to kind of put those two kind of those two put kind of Portland on their backs. And so fortunate they're never able to get over the hump and could not get out of the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, they did get to the conference finals that one year when uh, they uh, they lost to the Warriors. But yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But here's the moment we're waiting for: your Sacramento Kings. Traded away mm-hmm. their few, pretty much the player that you thought could turn the organization around. Devon, they they trade for Devontae as a bonus. They trade t- for the the Pacers get Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, and uh, and I think I think for, I think the, the the Pacers won this trade. I don't know how great Halliburton's going to be, but they traded the bonus. The bonus is good, but he's a power forward, doesn't have a chance to be a superstar. He's twenty five. Halliburton more upside, so that's why the Pacers made that move. And I know you are going to go on a rant about those Sacramento Kings. Once again, they screwed up. Tyrese Halbert, do you remember the deal? You know, it was after the draft. He kind of said he did not give his report, or he didn't give his medical report out to any other team in front of the Kings because he wanted to come to Sacramento to play for this team and to play with Darren Fox. He said on the night of his press conference, and now he got drafted, I want to change the culture. I want to get this team back in the playoffs. Again, this is Monty McNair's first pick. This is his guy. You ship him off in 18 months. For Sabonis, who, again, not a great three-point shooter. Yeah, he scores 25 points a game, but mostly from five feet inside. He has no interior defense. Again, I think Bagley's gone now, too. I, I think him and Holmes are probably gone. I, again, we have no interior presence down low. You get rid of Tyrese Halliburton, who's our best defender. He's gone. Again, I, I think Halliburton has more upside than Foxes. Fox is a terrific player. I do like Fox, but I think Fox does not make the team better around him. Yet Halliburton had 17 assists the other night with his team. 17. He had 13 and 17. He's been so much better on the ball. And two weeks ago, you know, Monty McNair, we're building around Fox and Halliburton. We're building a team around these two. They lied. Vladdy lied. The minute the Cousins – you know, two weeks before they traded Cousins, you know, all Cousins were going to build around DeMarcus Cousins. He leaves, or they trade him. The, the night of the All-Star game, in the middle of the All-Star game, which DeMarcus Cousins playing in, they got rid of him. It, again, it's an organization that just could never get out of their own way. 
again, I, I've been listening to podcasts because, you know, again, just I do watch some of the games. I don't watch all of them. So I do try to kind of keep up and see what the way the land is out there. Again, fans are not happy. Fans weren't happy at all. There's a lot of fans not happy about this. There has not been a lot of happy fans either. And again, Monty McNair is no direction. How does this make us better? How does the bonus make us better? Again, he thinks a 9 or 10 seed, and we're all going to applaud him, and we're all going to throw a parade. That's not happening. I Again, I would have been fine with the playing game for this 7 or 8 seed. Not the 9 or 10. I expect this team to be in the top 8, not 9 or 10. I'm not accepting that because at least you get two games. At least you get two chances. You only get one to 9 or 10. Again, I – Again, they messed up with coaching. Luke Walton, again, that's another thing that McNair messed up on. Luke Walton, three weeks before they fired him. Yeah, he's the guy that's going to help us the playoffs. They fired him three weeks later. I, again, I don't like this guy. And then he's a Dale Morey guy. So he's all about the analytics, the three-point shot. He traded where best, there are two best three-point shooters. Now Fox is our best one at 34%. How are you winning this league if you do not have a three-point shooter? I just don't understand it. Look, I'm happy that we're gonna have Jeremy Lamb, but it, like, yeah, like, you're a UConn like, guy, yeah, yeah, like I'm you're a UConn, yeah, you know. But and then Justin Holiday, I heard he's unvaccinated, so we may not even play in our home games. Oh, he just added a piece that may not even play for us. I, I again, it's just, it's just another, it's just again, it's just idiotic in Sacramento. Vladdy, again, I, I, I thought you couldn't get any worse than Vladdy Dibak, but Monty McMahon is doing his best impression. Uh, and again, I just. I hope this organization never makes another playoff. They do, they deserve it. I hope Tyrese Halliburton becomes an MVP. Again, I know he probably won't, but I hope he does. I hope he comes back and puts up 70 on us next year. Again, I hope he goes out and becomes one of the greatest ever. Again, I know it's not going to happen, but I hope he torches us, and I hope he has a great career. I'm happy for him he gets out of this stink hole that we call Sacramento. Again, I I, I just – this organization, just I get, it's just clueless, and – Whatever. So Bowen is a good player, but again, it just does not make it better. And it's frustrating. I want no part of this organization. I hate this organization. It's just, again, I think we're the worst organization in sports. I really do. At least the Lions have made a playoff appearance. At least the Texans have made a playoff appearance the last five years. We haven't even sniffed it. We haven't been the final week. We have not even had a chance. We've been eliminated the last 16 years. I just, I can't stand it. I I, I just again, it just it just. I rather have clowns run this. I rather have, run, have clowns run our organization than this. It's just just it's just pitiful. Again, I I'm I'm not watching the game this year. I I'm I'm completely done. I I can't watch this team anymore. I, I just I until they actually show me that there's actually direction and there's a front office that knows how to make decisions. I, I'll, I'll start tuning my time. I just I don't like getting frustrated at 10:30 at night watching the team play basketball because again they're not. They should be better than what the record says. Again, I just it's just frustrating. They don't have a coach. They don't have a direction. They think the front office thinks that nine or ten seed is good enough for us fans. And again, it's just it's just not. It's just not. And we've been cursed pretty much since 02, and that curse is continuing. And I'll actually this will be my last point too. And you don't know this. What's like the one thing that Sacramento did that was actually good since moving to Sacramento? It was the Chris Weber trade. Yeah, Chris Weber. Yeah. Because I was starting to warm up a little bit to Ben Simmons coming to Sacramento. Because maybe disgruntled star, need a new home. You know, maybe Ben Simmons somewhat becomes that guy. You know, it, it, again, I didn't want it for the price of that he that Maury was asking for. But, like, I wouldn't have minded it a little bit. But, again, I just – I don't think – I don't think Sabonis coming in here being our Chris Webber. I just don't see it. And 
more frustration. Again, I, I really liked Halbert, and I thought he was the one. But I guess that's the thing, too. Fox, Mitchell, and Halbert are three point guards. Those are your three best players. It's not, you know, like I knew they had to probably trade one of the three, but I was hoping it was probably going to be Fox. I love Fox, but I, I just – I think Halbert's going to be a better player than Fox. I, you know, I think, you know, Fox isn't a great defender. He's not a great three-point shooter. I think Halbert makes everybody better. Again, it's a one guy that actually wanted to come here and actually win. And you just throw him to the Wolves and you just get rid of him. Do you say he wants to be here? Again, I I'm, I know McNair's not going to fire because it's year two, but I'm not happy with McNair. And he better I, – again, I, I don't know what's really going to make me happy at this point. Um, but with McNair, because I, I just – very tired of it. Very tired of it. And, again, I'm waiting for another 20 years of us just – Again, continuing to just be in the abyss. And, yeah, I thought Halburn was the one guy that was going to help us. I you know, I thought he was going to be our Chris Weber. I thought he was going to – the guy we drafted, he was going to be our guy to help us elevate. But I, I, I just – I don't get the reason why. And he never – and Monty McNair never speaks either. So, I, we will never hear why he made the steal. It's what it is. Exactly, exactly. Just, just a, just a poorly, poorly random organization. But going back to, we'll go back to the Pacers. Uh, they, they on Sunday they traded uh, Karis Levert to the Cavs. I just think the Pacers are, you know, just trying to, you know, uh, sell some pieces off, get better, get better in the future. And I think it's a good move for the Cavs. I think this makes the Cavs, you know, a legitimate team in the Eastern Conference. You know, with, with, uh, with Garland, with him, with, with the, with uh, obviously Sexton's hurt too. Uh, with, with, with that, with Jared Allen and with Evan Mobley. Yeah, I, th- I like the Cavs. You know, I think they need another point guard, um, you know, with Garland out. But I think it's a good move for them. You know, I think they're going to be right there still, Eastern Conference, right up in the top of the organization, or, you know, right there in the Eastern Conference. Again, yeah, they probably won't get to the finals. But, again, I, I think the Cavs right now are in a good spot, and they're kind of rebuilt here. And I, I think, you know, they're way ahead of schedule, which I think is good. Um, yeah, they kind of add another point guard here. I think was was – um, or not a point guard, but just adding LeBert, I think was a good thing. Again, opens up things for Halbert. So it kind of, again, makes more sense. That that's why they got Halbert at the time. But, um, yeah, I think they need another guard. And Chris LeBert is a very good guard. So, um, again, I think it's a good move for Cleveland to kind of get another scorer in, in town for him. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I'm going to throw a little curve here, but we know about last night with the Lakers, and what a dis- what a disgrace, what an absolute disgrace Russell Westbrook is. He couldn't. I, I, and then, not, not, now they lose the game, and now he's trying to you know pick up AD and LeBron. AD and LeBron could care less what you think. They don't care what you think. They don't. At this point, I, I know LeBron wanted him here. But at this point, LeBron is regretting wanting you here. He knows that two years ago. These two guys with 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 the player with three of the players they traded for Westbrook won a championship. Horrible trade for the Lakers to trade for Russell Westbrook. This is the number one reason why this team is underachieving. And the sad part is they can't move this guy at the trade deadline. No, they can't. And um, no, I heard this actually the other day. I heard the Buddy Heel deal was done. I heard um Montez Harrell. Oh my god, who's the other guy? And Kyle Kuzma. They're shopping prowess in Sacramento. Buddy already picked out his jersey for the Lakers. Like, they was that done. I don't know what happened. The guy who was saying, he's like, I don't know what happened at the end. Like, But it just kind of fell apart. But they had Buddy. Again, I know Buddy wouldn't, you know, again, he's better than Westbrook. Again, it, that was bad. <laughs> again, they were getting clobbered. It, it's actually sad that this team's got three games under 500. And 
Again, I, I love the part where LeBron got teed up to at their dunk. Again, I don't know how that was a foul. I don't know what he was crying about, but that, that was great. That did make my night a little bit better. It, watching the Lakers just absolutely steamrolled. Uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook is a total. I, again, that, that was horrible. I said the last few weeks, I don't know why they got rid of Ronda. I, I really don't. I, I, I thought he worked perfectly with that team. I, again, I don't know. Um, again, I, I love seeing the Lakers like this. So I, I continue to hope, I hope that they continue to just be in this free fall here. Yeah. And even if they traded for Buddy Heald, that's probably a better, I mean, you know what, Buddy Heald's not a better player than Russell Westbrook, but it's probably a better fit because that guy, you know, he could shoot threes. LeBron could penetrate. He could shoot threes. They could double AD in the post. He could shoot threes. That's definitely a better foot, a better fit than Russell Westbrook is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but he won't help you in the defensive end. And again, like a team on like that, like with the Kings at times, it's like he'll shoot you out of game. But when he's at LeBron and AD, I don't think he's going to take dumb shots because I, I I don't think that would end pretty for him. I think LeBron or AD would be in his face about it. So, yeah, like Buddy's a good shooter. I think he's 40% this year from three. Like, again, when Buddy's on, Buddy's on. He will not, again, I know the Lakers stink defensively. He won't help in that area, but he is better than Westbrook. He is a better defender than Westbrook. plays enough defense. Um, But, yeah, buddy, Buddy's a good shooter. I don't. Again, I don't really know why that thing fell apart like it did, but it was pretty much done. And yeah, I, I thought he would have been a better option than Russell Westbrook. Again, I again I know LeBron and AD are probably friends with him, probably wanted to bring Westbrook in more than Buddy Heel, but yeah, it just has not worked out. And it's been fun to watch the collapse of it happen. Yeah, for you as a Kings fan, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So UConn got snapped their losing streak last night, and they have two Big, they have two uh, games in the Big East on the road this week. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting. So, a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So. I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I want to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is? People over paychecks do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Alrighty, UConn gets a big win last night, 80-72 to 72 over Marquette. Sanago was outstanding. I texted you right during the game. I said, Marquette has no answer for Sanago, and they didn't. He had an outstanding game. Uh, Tyrese Martin had a good game as well. Uh, so UConn gets a win they needed. If they lost this one, that would be their third loss in a row in Big East play. Getting, they, got, they, got the, they, got the, they got the win they needed. What are they now, 7-3 and three in Big East play now? 7-4. Seven and four, seven, seven and four. four. Yeah, because seven. seven and four. So seven and four in Big East play. I think they're in second place, right behind. They're, they're, sec, they're third. third, I think. Third behind third Villanova. Game. Providence is in first. So good, good win for UConn. 
Uh, what were your thoughts on my, on last night's game? What was that again? Sorry, I broke up again. I uh, gotcha. What, what were your thoughts on last night's game? Um, I thought, again, I thought for the most part, pretty good. Again, there were some times where, especially to be in that second, like the first 10 minutes of the second half, um, they went seven points. Again, they kind of fell asleep there offensively. You could sign and see they got tight. But again, the atmosphere was great. Again, that student section was packed. Again, I don't remember XL in a while being it like that. Like maybe the last time was the Memphis game in 2020. Really? For that, it, it's been a while since the XL Center was at. Was, was it was sold out or? Wasn't sold out, but it was pretty close. It was, again, for a Tuesday night with Marquette, it had to be at least 14,000. And again, like there was people way, way up there. So you could tell, like, they, again, there are a ton of tickets sold. Um, again, like I imagine Nova in two weeks would be sold out. But it was a oh, great absolutely. atmosphere for next little center. Um, you know, after kind of last Tuesday's flat after. Again, it, it was one of those games where it wasn't must win, but it was like we have to stop the bleeding now. Before two-game road trip, they did it. Again, Martin played well. Sonago, he played well. He took 21 shots. Again, the, the passing still an issue. Again, he gets triple, double, triple teamed at times. It's like you got to, you know, you got to find the open guy that kind of, you know, he hit his free throws off. You got to get a little bit better of a passer to me. Um, but, yeah, I think they're bad. I think he is a bad matchup, though, for Marquette. You know, Hawkins hit some shots. Polly hit some shots. You know, I, I did think they played well offensively. They needed an offensive output like they did. You know, especially Cole was off last night. And, again, Gaffney is just – Gaffney got some boosts. Uh, and, or and Hurley. Hurley's intro. Hurley during his intro. Hurley was – Hurley's, Hurley's in some trouble. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, – well, I mean, it was – yeah. What was it? What was it, it was, for? I guess, after. What was that? What was it? What was it for? With Hurley? Well, so I guess last week after the Creighton game, there's some um, fans heckling up in the second deck, and I guess he kind of went after them, kind of uh, tell them to come down. So, uh, you know, so. During the game? I, or after the game, the game, he was walking okay, back gotcha. in the tunnel, and he kind of, they were kind of, you know, saying some vile language to him, and he answered back, which I, I don't think he should just ignore it and walk away. I know that's not his personality, but I think it was mostly those people. But you could hear some booze up there. You get, you know, so and then you know, again, I don't want to go all in on Hurley here, but some of his antics, like again, he was kissing the crowd after the game. It's like, come on, all right, dude, it, dude. I mean, I like Hurley, but come on, it's it's yeah. it's a it's a conference a game. It's a game you should win in conference play in February. We're not talking yeah. about an elite eight or a final four here. Yeah, you know, yeah. I just again, it's it's just. He's just nuts. And again, he goes after the refs too. I don't know. I don't, cause I know they cut out sometimes, but every time they go to a timeout, he goes and sprints after a ref. Like every single time it's like, dude, coach the team. Don't worry about the play after. I know some of the calls aren't good, but don't worry about them. You can't change them. Go, go fix your team. I, yeah. It's just some of the anti, again, I don't mind. I don't mind the, you know, again, some of the stuff during the end game, but yeah, going after the refs, after the game blowing kisses to us, it's like, all right, come on. A little much for me, um, but yeah, again, I know that's his personality. Him, and his brother, are crazy. I've heard his dad's crazy, but yeah, um, thought he did coach a pretty good game last night for the most part. I just again, the last thing on that is it, it like everybody in the whole world knows it's going to Sanago off a timeout, like have a couple different options or use them as a decoy or even go to a different guy, like go to a Polly or Hawkins if they're on. That's the only thing, like some of the in game coaching stuff with him, but. I didn't think he was awful last night. I didn't think he was great. He was good enough. The team played well enough. So, you know, won't harp on that too much. But, um, yeah, again, it was a game they needed. 
it was a great atmosphere. Again, it, you know, it's the game they needed. So uh, it was nice to go head out here before a tough two-game road trip. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll start with uh, the game on Friday night against Xavier. They go to Xavier. Xavier lost a, a bad game, though, this weekend to yeah. DePaul. And I don't think Xavier's a great team. I think Scruggs is pretty good. I think Fremantle is decent. But I don't see Xavier being a great team. But it is a tough place to play. They're going on the road. And, and it's a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch, too. I'm not – I think UConn will split here. I think they'll beat – I'm not sure if they're going to beat Xavier or St. John's, but I think they split and they split here. So what are your thoughts on the game against Xavier? What does UConn got to do to be victorious in Cincinnati? In Cincinnati. Weird. In Cincinnati. Mm. <laughs> when they're going to be yeah. pumped up because of the Super Bowl in Cincinnati on Friday night. Yeah, you know, Hurley's – Hurley's big – he's a ba- – you know Hurley's a Bengals fan too, right? I know, Hurley's I know, like, I know, yeah. I know. You know, he's got to be picking up some Bengals gear, I bet, too. Uh, so, you know, after shooting on Friday or something, or when they get in town Thursday night. But, yeah, they lost to a bad DePaul team the other night. Um, it was really weird. You know, he's uh, Coach Steele kind of said it was – they just – DePaul kind of bothered him around the rim with their athleticism. And you guys kind of got that. I know Tanaga's not an athletic kind of type of guy, but, again, like, I think he could – they don't have, like, a big kind of back down center. Um, like, they, you know, so, again, I think that – could kind of be an advantage again. They got to hit layups, though. You, you, you got to finish around the rim. Um, is part of it because yeah, because Fremantle's their center. He's six nine two twenty, but like he's not a he's physical, but like he's not like he's not like a Sanago big guy type guy. He's more of like a better than Eric Dixon who tore something that night, but you know, kind of a hybrid of kind of those two. But Fremantle kind of missed a lot of preseason camp. Um, due to a foot injury, and he didn't come back December. You can see he's still he's starting to get a little bit rather better of a rhythm, but he's still kind of he's not he's not what he usually is one of the uh, top players in the Big East. But yeah, like Nate Johnson is a great shooter. He was forty five percent last year uh, from three. He struggled the other day. I think he was foul trouble, missed some shots. Uh, Paul Stroh is a very good point guard. He's you know fifth year guy. Um, he's solid again. He's tough to. Um, you know, score against. He's a solid defender as well. Again, yeah, it's going to be a grinder. It's going to be a game that's going to be in the low 60s. Again, John Rothstein's, uh, you know, his Rothstein, you know, is on – Xavier's hell in a cell. It's going to be tough, physical, low scoring. It, you know, Sintas Center is a tough place to play. And, again, they, they're at Seen Hall tonight, which, again, Seen Hall needs some wins here for their resume. So, again, they may not get out there tonight with a win. So, they may be coming back home with a two-game losing streak. I do agree. I think they go one and one I think this is the game they lose, and I do think they beat St. John's. But, again, St. John's took them to OT at Gamble. So, yeah, I do think they go one-on-one here. It's a tough game, six-game stretch here. But, again, four of them at home. This is your two row games here. You can split out of these two. I think you're feeling pretty good about yourself as long as you play well. But this is a tough place to play at. Again, it's going to be loud. It's going to be rocking Sintas Center. Uh, Again, they're going to need, like, a Hawkins or a Polly. To kind of step up, they're going to need that bench to play well on Friday night. Yeah, I, 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 I would normally, if this wasn't like a three-game week, I would think they would lose the Xavier game and, and uh, beat beat St. John's. But I could see them beating Xavier and losing to St. John's because they could be totally worn down uh, against against St. John's. And, uh, yeah. and and looking at the St. John's game, they we took an overtime last time. St. John's played Villanova tough. How does this team contain uh, uh, Champagne? How does this team contain Julian Champagne? Because he had a pretty good game last time, I remember. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He, um, he hit that contested three there, like three seconds left. Um, the 
give them the lead or yeah, give them the one point lead. You got to kind of treat them like you got to deny, deny him the ball. Cause when he gets the ball again, he, cause he's improved the three point shot and he's a guy that can score at all three levels. Like you just got to deny him the ball. Um, you know, it'll be interesting if they put on like Whaley's not athletic enough to guard him, but he's kind of banged up. He didn't play well last night. Again, like I think Martin's going to be on him. You know, Martin, he's got a couple of inches there on Martin. Martin's a decent defender. And you got to stay in front of him. You're going to need Sanago. Again, Sanago's a beast last night, 26-18 against him. He's got to be that room protector down low against him if he does get by a Martin or anybody else to kind of um, try to disrupt a shot. But, yeah, you got to kind of just – you just got to try to just deny the ball, and that's tough to do. Now, Pasha Alexander was out um, with a sprained ankle last night here a couple games ago. I don't know if he's going to play Sunday yet. We'll see. But, like, again, you miss him. But, like, Aaron Wheeler, the Purdue transfer, is averaging, like, 14 points a game in, in conference. He had 31 last night. Like, he's the guy that's really stepped up. And I think it's taken some pressure off of Champagne and even Alexander when he's played. Because those are, like, the two guys that you really have to shut down for St. John's. But he's really elevated, and he's kind of taking some heat off of those two. So, he's really stepped up. He's another guy you got to watch out for. But, yeah, Champagne's a tough matchup just because of his size. And, and you know, he's a forward that's very athletic. And can score from all three levels. You kind of just have to try, try, try to deny the ball, and you got to make sure when you guard him, you cannot breathe. You're you're in his face, and you know you're um, trying to play physical with him, trying to make sure that he can't catch the ball. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it should, should be a good atmosphere at the Garden. I don't know how many on Super Bowl Sunday, how many UConn fans are going to travel to the Garden. I mean, we know the biggest tournament they'll be there, yeah. but I don't know how many how many UConn fans are going to travel to the Garden. I've made up my mind. I think they lose at Xavier. And I think they win against St. John's. Okay, I can see it. And, and you did bring up a good point. The three-game week. And you can see at the end of the games, like, the way he's been using the bench. Really, I thought he did a little bit better job last night. But, again, like, Cole go, you know, Cole wears down late in games. Martin does. Sonago does. Like, you know, Whaley does. So, I can see your point. of Maybe they do one Friday. And Sunday, you know, Cole's tired still. And Martin and maybe you don't get their best outing. So, I, could, I, I totally do see your point there. So, I think it's up in the air. Like, I feel a little bit better about St. John Sunday than I do Xavier on Friday night about winning that game. It sounds like there's going to be a good amount of UConn fans there. It, it, I think it is oh, going to really? be a home game. Because I think, too, like, without, like, the Pats, Giants, or Jets, it's – I think, you know, you do kind of have that crowd of, uh, you know, where it's like, you, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people around here, probably UConn fans, don't have a rooting interest. So, you probably go – you probably get home right around 630, you know. So I, I do bet there's going to be a good amount of St. John or UConn fans there. Hopefully it's not like a UConn home game. Just it does. We'll see. I don't know what type of crowd St. John's will have. But, again, uh, hopefully they get out there with a win. And, you know, Hurley, hopefully. No, you know, you know Hurley's praying no bus issues after the game. So he can get back to school. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's definitely praying no bus issues. Yeah. Because, because you know Hurley. He's going to travel home with the team. He's not going to. Do this. Oh, I'm going to get a hotel room in New York City and watch the Super Bowl. No, yeah. he's going to travel home with the team. Oh, I'm telling you, that 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 press conference is going to be very, very short on Sunday yeah. afternoon. And I wouldn't be surprised if he says during his press conference, "All right, good win, guys. You know, you guys got to know. I got to I got to watch my bank list. We got to get out of here as quickly as possible." So, and hopefully the St. John's oh, yeah. SID lets UConn go first in the press conferences. I hope I hope the St. John's AD is thinking of that. Uh, the, the SID yeah. for St. John's is thinking of that. Yeah, well, hopefully, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know how much they take time of that. Hopefully, you know, Hurley's gonna be praying. You know, Hurley's gonna be bugging him. Yeah, Hurley's gonna be bugging the inside there to to uh, get him in there first. I don't know what the rule is if it's visitors or home at yeah. first. I, I don't know what the rule is. Um, or if it's win or lose, I don't. But yeah, you know, yeah, 
again, like he'll be driving the bus home if he has to. Uh, oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Time. You don't want to be that bus driver on that bus on, on Sunday. You don't want to be that bus driver. Hurley's going to be all over you. And I guarantee oh. you, UConn's down by two late. He's drawing a play for a three. He's, he's drawing up a, a play to get the, to win the game. He's not drawing oh, yeah. a play to tie it. He's drawing up a play to win the game. No. If he's no. drawing up that play to win the game, you're going to know why. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at the 1230, yeah, he'd probably get out of there at 230. You know, he's hoping Fox starts right at 1230, not 1240, you know, right at 1230. I think with it being the first game, they'll start on time. You know, the second game, sometimes yeah, they, there's a little bit of a slide, but first game, I think they start on time. Yeah, hopefully they do. Sometimes they don't, but yeah, hopefully they do. Because it's a UConn women are playing afterwards. They're playing Marquette. They're doing a UConn doubleheader. Oh, is, it, the, it was, is, is, there, is the Marquette game, is that a home game? Or it's no, it's actually in Marquette. But oh wow, wow, yeah, they're in Marquette as well. But, but especially that's kind of cool. They're doing the UConn doubleheader yeah. there. You know, they've done that Show a couple times. And 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 I and I think uh, yeah, yeah. I think Hurley's happy. He's the first game. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, he is. You know, he wants to get out. Oh, yeah, you know, four thirty. Oh, yeah. Be a, yeah, a little bit more shuffles. Got to. I well, actually, I heard he was supposed to tape it because he didn't know what time to get back from the Paul game, and his son forgot to tape it, and he had to just watch the second half. But again, he didn't miss much of the first half of that game. No, oh, 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 I know, I know, I know. I think I think he saw the half he needed to see in that game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I can yes, imagine did. did they have plane issues on the way back to Nepal? Um, I don't know because of the storm. I don't know what time they yeah. ended up getting back. I I don't know yeah, because yeah. I don't know if I think they got back sometime Sunday. I don't think they came home yeah. Saturday night. So so so, sure. I bet, so 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 I bet uh, so I bet but the good thing was he was able to see, you know. The second, the second half of that DePaul game. The second, I mean, the second half of that Chiefs Bengals game. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he did not miss much. No, I did no. not enjoy that. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So that's gonna wrap it up here on Sports Talk with R and J for for our producer Jace Garcia. Did a great job for Justin Nafrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week recapping the Super Bowl and talking about NBA All Star Weekend. Have a great weekend, everyone, and enjoy the Super Bowl. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.